1: Welcome back to another edition of the Wolverine.com TV podcast. I'm Chris Ballas with me, Doug Skeen, Michigan's former All-Big Ten offensive lineman, doing his Drew Carey impression once again. Skeen, do these headphones make me look fat?
0: You know, that's a good question, Ballas. I I, I, have, I think I'd have to ask the same thing, and usually the answer is the same. It's your fat that makes you look fat.
1: It's your No, <laughs> you're supposed to say, no, it's your face. That's a line from Tommy Boy. No, it's your or your face does or something like that. So right. classic. So good to see you made it home, man, back to the office. You're not on the road. We thought you were going to have to do this from a hotel room this week, but uh, here you are, man. So you had a chance to watch the film uh, and skiing. It was not pretty, man. And we said I said during the game, you could see when you were warming up. I think it was Jack Miller, Michigan's former offensive lineman who was on the sidelines and he was talking to Doug Karsh and John Jansen up in the booth. And he said, you know what? These guys are minuscule, man. It looks like a JV team out here. <laughs> and I felt bad for them. And my first impression when I saw this team out there was God, I hope they, they don't get anybody killed on the way home. They were that, they were that small and that was just a bad football team.
0: Well, things look really nice for Michigan. Right. And, and as we thought they would, uh, but let's, let's just pump the brakes. Like we talked about going into this game, and that, um, boy, Hawaii is not a very good team. Not very good at all. Uh, their defensive front, with the exception of the one defensive tackle that moved around, had a couple sacks, he, he got in there on us a couple times. Um, but, boy, the rest of that team, no, no, sir, not very good at all. So um, let's just take it for what it is. Uh, we expected Michigan to roll and roll easily. They did. Um, there's not without some areas for improvement. There's a couple offensive linemen that, That stood out to me gave up some pressures and some sacks a couple times there but overall exactly what we thought mccarthy's gonna play really well against a terrible defense and as he did and um the michigan offensive line had their way with that defensive front and the michigan defensive line had their way with the hawaii off our offensive front so exactly what we thought should happen did happen yep
1: and our producer hutch hawaii severely outmatched versus michigan this is why we pay him the big bucks here <laughs> right here the the graphics and look at that though the quarterback rating 334.5 i don't think i've ever seen anything like that and the yeah. one the one that he missed was a drop by ronnie bell it was a little bit behind him ronnie's got to get a little bit better here and get his hands back and his and his confidence a couple games here where he has dropped a couple passes it's two in a row there's two, it absolutely is.
0: two in a row where there's some couple that yep. hit him right in the hands He's, yep you got to catch those and i yep. don't care if it's hawaii cuz we're going to need that catch later against some other opponents
1: exactly some good opponents which we aren't going to see for quite some time Skeen, i was going back and i was talking to Karsh this morning michigan's play by play man about some of the schedules that we've seen in the past i don't think as overall as a non-conference schedule i've seen worse at michigan you look at yeah. uh, you look at colorado state by the way colorado state i don't know if you saw they gave up nine sacks and got trounced by Middle Tennessee State, okay? UConn, Michigan's next opponent, was absolutely destroyed by Syracuse, I think 48 to 14, they're terrible. So you really aren't gonna know a whole lot about this team until they play maybe at Iowa. And I understand about Iowa's offensive deficiencies. They're awful. I mean, they are God awful. See, Hutch, man, you're right on the ball. right on. uh, But I will say this, their defense can can play. <laughs> Dude, I love this guy. Yeah, but Iowa uh, has a defense, okay? So, you know what? Yeah. If you get into one of those uh, roll around in the mud type of games like they had in 2016 when it was, what, 15, 13 or something like that or 13 yeah. to 12, and uh, then maybe you could be in trouble. But until then, we really aren't going to know a whole lot about this team.
0: No, and that's unfortunate for us as fans and and, I, and I'm guessing way down deep in the bowels of Schumbechler Hall, that coaching staff and some of those players are probably wondering, you know, boy how, how good are we, right? We think we think we're we think we're good. We know we're good, right? Michigan's got a good team this year. But until you really put that thing to the test against someone who's a legitimate opponent, you just don't know and the first the first half test, if you will, is is going to be this at Iowa game because we'll see how our our offense does against their defense, but if the Iowa offense is anything like it is right now, boy <laughs> we should win that football game. But, and so then you look further down the schedule right here at Indiana. Okay. Uh, Penn state, uh, I, I, maybe that'll be the first real test. And, and if, if not Penn state, then certainly Michigan state, because I think we can all agree the Spartans know how to play this rivalry game and that'll be the first real test. And then you look after that and you go, wow, there's not much left until you play the Buckeyes. So wow. it's just a, it's just a, it's the schedule sucks, Ballas. It, it just sucks this year. And I don't, I don't think that Ward or, or previous athletic director or whoever it was set this thing up intentionally to be this soft. Usually you see Michigan might have a Colorado state and a Hawaii on there, but there's somebody else, right? There's a, a UCLA or, or, or somebody that's got some Notre Dame or somebody that's got some cachet. Although Notre Dame is Oh, and two that really brought a shed up tear in my eye. there, you that was going to hurt your feelings. Um, yeah, I can't help but smiling about that. Um, so it just it just sort of is what it is. And until we get into October, we're just going to have to take these games and watch Michigan dismantle these these lesser opponents and look for areas that have to be concerned. Just like uh, uh, you know, Ronnie Bell, you can't drop the football, dude. You just can't right. do that. And yep. and uh, Zinter at right guard, uh, uh, you can't give up a sack. You're no. you're past that. Uh, Although I don't think it was into a right guard, but uh, Hayes at left tackle um, gave up a heavy pressure, got his quarterback drilled on a play. It's like, whoa, that can't happen. I don't care if it's Hawaii or anybody else. You can't do those things. So we'll look for things that need to be improved along the way, but it's going to be kind of boring for the next two or three weeks.
1: Yeah, Ayako, I love it. Uh, Ayako is one of the preferred customers on the Ford at the wolverine.com or premium message board. She says, a yen per yard allowed by Notre Dame yesterday. <laughs> it was fun to watch it. I got to tell you, man, Marshall beat them up. Marshall, uh-huh. that was, there was nothing flukish about that. In fact, Notre Dame was lucky to have an opportunity at the end of that game. So, But Ayako breaks down the uh, some of the opponents uh, on our board before the games uh, and does a great job doing that. I also saw something from John Stacy about the schedule. Uh, I think it was him talking about the schedule and uh, yeah. Notre Dame lost to Marshall. Yeah, that yep. was supposed to be a guarantee game, right? Texas A&M loses to Appalachian State. By the way, three of Desmond Howard, your former teammate, three of his four playoff teams lost yesterday in Week Two. <laughs> so the only one left standing is Michigan. I don't know if you how to feel about that. If you're excited that Michigan's still standing, or is it is it only matter? Oh, I'm of time? excited.
0: I'm excited. Let's yeah. let's not make any mistake. I'm sure. happy that Michigan. Looks like they've got a real team here, and and it's just untested. I I think there's a lot to be excited about with this Michigan team. We wondered about things, and through two weeks of college football now, it's like, well, this thing could be wide open. You know, It's still early, though. Let's just see how this plays out, but it looks like Michigan's absolutely going to be a factor. There doesn't seem to be anybody that stands out as unbeatable right at this point. And um, that Texas A&M game, boy, you know, Ballas, you know, I got a lot of buddies from high school that went to Texas A&M, and I was – I was like, you don't want to do this, fellas. You really don't want to do this. No,
1: Allen, Texas grad here, who is one of the best ever to play for Allen. And people who don't know, Allen, Texas is a powerhouse. And it was great when your coach went on there one time. He was doing a local TV show, and one of our subscribers sent me a clip of him saying you were the best player that he ever coached, man. Of course, that was before some of these other guys that have come through. But still, man, there's a feather in your cap. Who are some of the other guys that came after you?
0: Yeah, there's a couple. There's uh, there's an offensive lineman, uh, George Little, that came out of there. Uh, I think was his name, and he, boy, what a great player he was. And then, of course, uh, the quarterback for the new for the uh, Arizona Cardinals is an Ar- is an Allen High School graduate. Uh, and so, there's been a lot of great football players come out of Allen. But uh, my buddies from high school, they're all Aggies down there. And uh, boy, for them to lose to Appalachian State. I just was texting with him, like, I share your misery because you're yeah. going to hear about this for a while, a yeah, long except while.
1: Except <laughs> they're no longer FCS. They are FBS now. Yeah, that's
0: true. That's true. It yeah. makes still stay, still makes ours yeah. a little bit worse. Yeah. worse. I'm going to get
1: to Smitty's question here in a second about the health of Eric Allen and, and Donovan Edwards. But there was a guy, Pure Montana, who posted, and he was talking about the offensive line. And we're going to get to that here in a second. But Pure Montana, man, are we sure that's not Drew Bledsoe, your boy? For people who don't know, <laughs> our, our guy, Doug Skeen here, Locked for Drew Bledsoe with the New England Patriots when you started those six games before Chester McLaughlin fell on his leg and uh, blew up his knee, and that was ended your career. But uh, man, you want to tell some of those Montana stories, or maybe we do that for another time. Like on an well, old that Montana might
0: be story. another time. But the question is the, is <laughs> is the one that that uh, that I'm concerned about. Yeah, we we talked about what coming into this game. What what should we look for? And I said perfection on that offensive line. And after mm-hmm. watching the defensive front from Hawaii. There's no reason that our quarterback should have been touched, let alone sacked. And I don't care what guy was in there. Uh, I know there was a, I could couldn't even catch his name, Ballas, when I was watching the film a little while ago. Backup right guard, number 60. Who is that, Ballas? Who is that? Uh,
1: geez, it wasn't Elhadi, was it?
0: No, a No, no, no it was
1: uh, Connor Jones, I believe.
0: Jones. Yeah, true freshman. Okay. true freshman. All right, believe, so young so. guy, it looked like a true freshman out yep. there, right? Yep. Uh, it was a one-on-one pass pro. And uh, gave up the inside move and bent at the waist. And it's like, okay, that can't happen. I don't care if you're the true freshman in there or not. And then, and then the most, I think the most disappointing thing we're going to get detailed here is uh, Hayes at left tackle gave up an edge. And that was his first game, right? His first game action. But still, considering what he's been practicing against all season long here and through camp and through the early part of the year. but I wasn't expecting to see that, and that he's got to eliminate those kinds of mistakes from his game. Yeah. Period. It's one thing to give up if you've got, you know, uh, uh, maybe a defensive front ran a really good game on you, and maybe somebody got on your hip and they did a twist or something. You just got beat one on one or on the edge. Yeah. Uh, that can't happen anymore. And no. so I notice these things, and at times, uh, you know. You know, not blowing holes open where there was some just massive holes in there because yeah. Hawaii was just outmatched. And again, Michigan was only running about six to eight plays right. uh, offensively. But
1: And, and at, Skeen, you mentioned half the time these guys weren't filling gaps. It looked like they weren't even trying to play football. They were just yeah, around. you around. Know,
0: well, I, I, I would argue that maybe by the end of that first quarter, uh, Hawaii was looking for the Chick-fil-A sandwich on the bus and let's get the <laughs> hell out of here. Uh, they were about done. Yeah, and it didn't look like they had a whole lot of expectations for performance there as no. the game opened because Corum goes around that corner and the Hawaii dudes are just kind of jogging. I'm like, what in the world is this? Right, yeah. this is the first play of the game. Yeah, good on Michigan, right? Absolutely, do good for them. But boy, yeah. it was—it's just not a very good football team. Yeah, that Chick- Hawaii team.
1: Chicken sandwich and don't forget the Snickers bar. Hopefully, king size. Chick- well, the
0: king size Snickers bar is the big yeah. one because yeah. you know us fat guys we like the king size Snickers bars.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. Uh, you get your reward at the end of the game and uh, and Hawaii got theirs. Boy, they got two million dollars and they got to go back and and it looked like nobody was hurt too badly. So, but yeah. love Montana by the way. I'm uh, Gonna be out in Montana at some point picking huckleberries. So, Pierre Mantana hit me up and in a DM, man, I'd love to know where to go. So, all right, Skeen, uh, another one. Trente Jones had another. Uh, Uh, Pressure, But here's here was a disappointing part to me. Okay, you've got a teammate here in Cade McNamara who has completely lost his confidence and it's very clear at quarterback. And you put him in there with the first team line. And this kid needs a pick me up. Right. This kid needs his guys in front of him to play well. And they gave up three sacks in a row. And then the yeah. crowd starts to boo. And I want to say this yeah, right now. That's... That was really the most despicable display. One of the most despicable displays I've seen in that state. Well,
0: so, well, here's a question for you though. Yes. Were yep. they booing the quarterback or were they booing the crappy offensive line? Play in were, front They were, they
1: were booing the quarterback. Cause they were kind of, some people were booing him and grumbling when he came on the field. Okay. Oh, and, come, and, on.
0: Yeah, exactly. come on, Michigan. You're better than that.
1: Are they? I'm starting to wonder, man. I, I'm on a, I'm, I'm on a message board with about, there are about 10 or 15 people <laughs> where you're like, is this who really, who you, are you know what i mean and it's like I mean, this on, is the people. this is
0: the guy again hindsight is yes. it's 2020 this is the guy that led michigan to a championship season last year and did a wonderful job along the way and the kid this fall has gotten beaten out for this starting job by a guy who's got a little more talent in that shoulder and in these feet JJ's yeah. a wonderful player it's <laughs> obvious right that doesn't mean kate is dog crap and shouldn't be on the field um he's a really good ball player and and really took the Michigan football offense forward last year in a way that we haven't seen since Jim Harbaugh has been here. So that's disappointing to hear, you know, it's not like the kid's not out there trying his best and when offensive linemen in front of him, get him killed. Um, it's not his fault. It's not his fault. And so, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a little defensive of the quarterbacks, especially a guy who's done, uh, done as well as Cade has in, uh, serve Michigan very well.
1: Yeah, and uh, didn't you hear they won in spite of him skiing?
0: Oh, is, God. I
1: know. Yeah. I, I just, I know. Yeah, it's, it's tough, man. Yeah. But uh, yeah, and I do think hopefully the booing is gone. But here's the thing. Michigan fans don't understand that they are one play away, right, from, say, J.J. McCarthy gets hurt. Say he has a, a tough game at Iowa or something, and you need that championship quarterback to go back in an environment where he's been a- able to do some things like Nebraska last year and Penn State. So it only helps you to prop this kid up and to support him uh how i don't understand how you don't understand that that's what really bothers me but it's just human decency and that's the factor that really bugs me you know what this this may come across as a get off my lawn type of thing i don't really give a crap because this kid deserved (laughs) a lot better than that so but back to my point though scheme before i let you finish yours uh He needed more from those guys. There were three plays in a row where his veteran, the offensive lineman, let him down. That was really, to me, one of the disappointing points of the ballgame.
0: Well, it's and if I go back and look at the film again, it's not because Hawaii was running some exotic twist game. Right. Or some exotic blitz. They were just getting beat one on one, which is which is the standard of of performance. Right. So so. You know, the, the, the point here again is, what, what, is that just a total coincidence? I have a hard time believing, Ballas, that that quarterback steps in that huddle and the offensive line kind of look at each other and go, all right, well, let's just sort of half-ass this blocking here. I, I don't get that feeling at all. Now, there have been previous quarterbacks at Michigan in the last 10 years that I, we, you and I have talked about where I'm like, you know what? I don't think those guys like that dude. Yeah. And because they're not helping him up off the ground. And I there were just sort of things I know as a former player where you can tell whether offensive linemen love their quarterback or not. I don't think that's the case with Cade. So what gives? How right. do you give up that much pressure and that much heat on your quarterback in one series when he steps in the huddle? And so that was disappointing that the offensive line allowed that. And again, it doesn't matter who the quarterback is back there. When you play offensive line from Michigan, the standard is no one touches the quarterback ever.
1: Yeah. And now, Sharon Moore, what is your message to him? What would Les Miles have said to those guys if they hung him out to dry like that back in oh, the day?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. We would have heard an earful coming yeah. off the sideline. Absolutely. And uh, there would have been that would have carried over in a win like that. Yeah. When like mentioned, like I mentioned earlier, where the coach is probably wondering how good this team is. That would have been the catalyst for the following week of you're not good enough at that position to play like that. And we're going to find out this week getting ready for the UConn game, whether you're good enough to keep this job. That's the kind of thing that we would have been subject to for sure. When you give up a play like that, because you just can't do it. You can't do it because for several reasons, you got to keep your quarterback upright, but there's going to be opponents down the road and you have to keep that standard very, very high. And so offensive linemen can never be told getting your quarterback hit or sacked is okay. So, I would like to think that Coach Moore probably lit into his guys like what the hell is going on here and why is there this drop off? And, and I'd like to think that he did that because, again, the standard is no one touches the quarterback. Yeah. It doesn't matter who's in there.
1: Yeah. Let me ask you this, Sharon Moore. Somebody asked me this. They said when your offensive coordinator is also your offensive line coach and he's kind of splitting duties and maybe you're giving uh, some responsibility to an associate offensive line coach or something like that. Can that affect things? Because uh, I don't want to give these guys any excuses because they played a lot of football scheme. There's no reason. Like you said, this wasn't some kind of elaborate twist or something like that. This is just guys getting beaten up front, but uh, you know what? There was something to be said for when Les Miles or Jerry Hanlon had his hands on you guys all the time. Time and was there beating it into your skulls?
0: Well, I I, I don't know how to answer the question, Dallas, yeah. because I don't know how much play calling Coach Moore is involved in, and I don't know what the support system is, the setup for the offensive line, who's helping him coach that offensive line. But let's just play along here and play a hypothetical. If, in fact, Coach Moore is involved in the play calling, in other words, all right, it's first and 10. We're sending this set of plays on the field. You send the guy out there. He's got the plays or you do, you know, like they do now. Everybody looks to the sideline to see what the play call is. There's involvement of coaching going on there. If that's the case, then yeah, there's probably a little less attention to the details and just focusing only on the tackle box when you're the offensive line coach out there. Um, so it could it could absolutely play a factor. Um, and then if that's the case, then who is? keeping an eye on that tackle box when you're in there. Uh, I know from experience when you play for a guy who's only got the offensive line, boy, he had his notes. Coach Coach Hanlon and Coach Miles had their notes before you came off the field. We're going to go right back. We're going to talk about what happened on first and 10, second and long, third and long. And in this case, what we're talking about uh, with the one with Hayes there at left tackle, You know, if I'm playing left tackle on that snap, the, that's the first question I'm getting when I get to the sideline is, what what happened there? And he's That's already like, going to have like, seen it.
1: It looked like he ducked his head, right? What happened?
0: Yeah, he bent at the waist, right? His, his, fle- his feet got flat. And any time you bend and your head goes down as an offensive tackle, you're asking for problems. Um, for anybody out there watching this podcast uh, that has not played offensive line, imagine playing that position at second or third and long. In practices, sometimes coaches will say, take your helmet off, and we're going to do this drill. And – When you pass block without a helmet on, you're going to keep your head back and your hands out and you're going to keep that nice body posture and balance because you don't pass block with your face mask ever. You don't want to do that. And so when you watch an offensive lineman and their feet get flat and their their waist just bends a little bit and a guy gets on your shoulder, it's over. It's, it's yep. absolutely over. And that's all he did on that snap. Yep. And it looks just like, you know, it was a repeat of what happened last year at Penn State in a much bigger moment yep. against a much better opponent. Yep. That's got to be eliminated. Hayes is better than that. That's what's yep, so he frustrating. He's a much, much better player than that yep. to be able to give up lazy, uh, lazy hits on his quarterback like that. Just get rid of it. You almost
1: said a bad word. And they ca- aren't allowed to do that drill anymore, Skeen. They have to have like a, a big thing on their helmet that looks like a parade float balloon or something because we don't want to anybody getting hurt so i don't know if that's true I
0: just no I, I highly doubt that they do yeah. that anymore but i can i guarantee you in the off season when they're doing some drills and you're doing that you know the shorts and t-shirt stuff and these all these linemen do this now the high school kids all do it Well, you're not gonna you know you're not gonna put your nose in there yeah number one because you're not supposed to number two because it hurts you don't want to get hit in the nose and so anyway a little bit about you know offensive line technique and then the same thing happened to the young uh freshman lineman in there when he got beat at their right guard he just feet got flat they didn't move and he bent at the waist and the dude's on his shoulder and it's over
1: yeah Yep. Um, Let's talk a little bit about the quarterbacks. The last thing I want to say about Cade McNamara, people are saying, oh, this is Cade being Cade. This is not Cade McNamara being Cade McNamara. We saw him play some good football last year. Is he the physical specimen that J.J. McCarthy is? Absolutely not. But this guy had some really good football games and had some great moments. Go back and watch that Ohio State game. The the best one that I hear is all the defense and Hassan Haskins won that game. And I'm like, you know what? It takes a guy to to run the game and he had some great throws in that game to manage the game. I I hesitate to say game manager because everybody's going to bounce on that, like, oh, you're yeah. just saying he's a game manager, he's not a quarterback, he's better than that, too. So, yeah. hoping that comes on. Also, I'm going to tell you a little story there a couple people that we know were at that game with the parents and parents of recruits who were hearing these Michigan fans booing the kid that won them a big 10 championship last year. And they said, isn't that the boy that won you a title last year recruits parents. So if you mm-hmm. think you're not doing any harm, okay. Think twice here and mm-hmm. just a little bit of decency and kindness here. All right. Mm-hmm. So yep, now I'll yep. get, get off my lawn. Now let's talk about JJ <laughs> McCarthy here because this kid was outstanding and we'd heard that he's been coming on and coming on and coming on. And it was neck and neck going right into, you know, JJ, they said that Cade McNamara had his best camp, but what Jim Harbaugh said at the press conference after the game was okay. J.J. McCarthy had been coming on, and in that last scrimmage, he really started to show that, okay, you know, eliminating some of the mistakes. You know, we'd heard about turnovers and things like that, and that's the one thing that you can't do, as we've talked about forever. But where he put the ball, and and again, against a crappy defense, and what he did uh, on some of those throws, the pinpoint accuracy, the stepping up in the pocket, just the Mm – really, it looked like he was – Doing it effortlessly effortlessly at times skiing where he's hitting guys in stride and and Harbaugh made it a point to say, hey, we are not gonna get this from him every game where he's near perfect, but boy, what a great start for him. Certainly didn't look like the moment was too big
0: for him. No, I mean it fulfilled the expectations, right? Everything we've heard and and, and again, I, I'm putting an asterisk next to this saying it was against Hawaii. Um had he done this in, in a big moment game like against Notre Dame or or an, another more worthy September opponent, we, we we probably have even more hype going on about J.J. there, but there's no doubt this kid's got some wheels. He's got the frame. He can run around. There's this perfect shot right there. I think that was a strike he threw across the field while running. I mean, this it's, it's, it's really athletic stuff. Uh, it's fun to watch. It's, it's exciting to think about what he can do in the biggest of moments that are yet to come for this football team this year. And so I get it. I totally understand. And in the world of college football now, uh, just as it kind of always has been, but I think even more now, uh, you know, Kay did a great job last year. That was last year. And we're trying to do something different this year. And every team is different. And so he brings a different skill set to the field. And it's it's exciting to watch. And and for all the obvious reasons that we saw last night and yet at the same time, it was Hawaii. Yeah. So let's not get too excited
1: Right, and I'll go back to John Navarre and I wrote this. I, I remember John Navarre coming in in 2000 for an injured, injured Drew Henson, and he played Bowling Green, and he played Rice, and I think he completed about 90% of his passes <laughs> with eight touchdowns and no interceptions, and there were actually some people, if there had been a message board back then, they would have said yeah. – Drew, Drew who, you know, Drew Henson yeah. isn't getting his job back, which uh, yeah. clearly wasn't the case because he goes out to UCLA in week three and looked like he couldn't complete a pass. I think he was well, eight, so,
0: so, right, Ballas, this goes back to that protection, and you and I have talked about this so many times. If J.J. in the coming games, not necessarily against UConn, probably unlikely, but any quarterback that is a human being, which last time I checked they all are, when you get that dude hit and hit regularly in the first part of a football game, it derails their mentality oftentimes for the balance of that game. J.J. didn't have that, right? J.J. didn't get sacked three times in his first possession on the field, or his first two possessions on the field, like McNamara did in, in that game. So as long as that offensive line keeps him happy and clean back there, he can run around and do what he does best, and it will be exciting to watch. Um But they've got to do that. They've got to keep him clean. And part of that is not just the pass blocking. It's the effective run blocking. So you don't give a defense obvious uh, situations where here here comes the pass, so let's go after J.J. and make him think and make him hesitate and maybe get a shot on him. So the more you get that running game going, the more you're actually helping your passing game and the mentality of your quarterback who's back there.
1: Yeah, and it's not until Maryland that they will actually see athletes that are, you know, similar to them, uh, frankly. You know, Colorado State, I think I told you they gave up nine sacks. And, you know what, these guys are, uh, you know, what Maryland actually has – Maryland actually has athletes. They don't have a great defense. Michigan has had its way with Maryland in, over the last several years. But yeah. uh, if you look at Iowa, that's a great defensive football team. I I don't care what anybody yeah. says. You know, oh, you're stupid to think that's going to be a football game. Who knows how that's going to go? You know what? Who, you know what? If you get a little bit of weather or something like that, that's going to well,
0: be. Well, it's going to be at Iowa. Right. So that, that alone right. is, is going to be an issue for this team. The first time they've faced a loud environment to operate their offense in and defense. And so that alone will be a challenge and we'll see how JJ responds to that moment. Because there's going to be, like Jim Harbaugh talked about, you know, he's not going to be like this every game. He's just not going to be. There's going to be some moments like, okay, they're they're in a hole here a little bit. They got they've got some, you know, little clunky possession or two going on. And now what let's see how he responds then. But we're just going to have to wait a few yep. weeks to see that happen.
1: Yeah. And it's, you know, the schedule is easy. Like we said, even the Big Ten schedule until you get to Penn State, well, Iowa, Penn State, uh, Michigan State. Now, I'm going to ask you this. you, I don't think you ever in your career blocked for a, a mobile quarterback. Is that right? You had Elvis Gerback. I think Todd yeah. Collins <laughs> filled in for him at times. Drew Bledsoe <laughs> was not exactly a burner. Right, was there right. ever a time that you blocked for a running
0: quarterback no. in high school
1: or anywhere else? No, so- at that
0: time, you know, the, the, in, back in those days, Ballas, where color TV was just new, which obviously I'm joking, but. Yeah. The, yeah. yeah, no, the 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 running quarterback, the read option hadn't even been invented yet. Right. You know, the most dynamic thing we had was play action football. That was it. That was right. as close as it came, you know. And so, no, uh, uh, when when things broke down or a defensive secondary was really good, the quarterback was taught and they were coached to put it over the first down marker into the third row of the stands. Right. And let's play the next down.
1: So are you qualified to talk about what it's like to block for a guy who runs the (laughs) readout? Yes, yes. yes, I can tell you that. Are you sure? I can
0: absolutely tell you that because the fundamentals don't change there. Okay, The only difference is when it's an obvious passing down, uh, um, you know, your quarterback has choices. So if I'm the right tackle, left tackle, no matter what it is, but more specifically the tackles, if there's pressure and things start to go awry, then I'm probably going to have a conversation along training camp, spring football training camp and during the season about... Where to go and how to help me as an offensive lineman not get you sacked. So don't come off my hip, right? So if you're a quarterback, if JJ or Cade, whoever it is, if you're going to bail out of that pocket, don't come right off of my right hip, right? Because that let that dude on blocking is probably going to reach out and grab you and drag you down. It's going to be a sack. So you know, help me set up a block if you're going to do those kinds of things if you can. And so, you know, at the same time, you know, the quarterbacks are taught to find that bailout route, get rid of the football. And so, what does that say? Oh, oh, uh, that's so good. Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> exactly. Three, yeah, that's that's one funny. And a half yards in a cloud of dust. Yes. <laughs> that's, that was us. Well, to a degree, right? Oh, I and mean, no. we we, we kind of aired yeah, it out it a little bit. We did, Coach We yep. we opened it up a lot, considering the times. But no, I I, I do think ballast that uh, blocking for a, a mobile. A mobile quarterback like JJ they can run around can present some challenges for the offensive line but the ideal state is the same the ideal state is I'm going to give you 3 seconds back there buddy you're going to get 3 1001 1002 all gone and if not and you're going to make it up you're going to do some running kind of thing that's not scripted it's not part of the play then do us a favor and take the most concerning route that makes the most sense so you don't uh, get a sack big loss of down they still teach these guys get rid of football don't take a sack don't ever take a sack and of course again uh no one should be touching that quarterback ballast ever nobody should
1: be breathing on him you used to say so yeah all right so yes knowing that it was only Hawaii but there were a couple of throws there where you're looking when JJ hits this hits uh, Cornelius Johnson 54 yards in stride the one the sideline to Donovan Edwards first of all the throw okay mm-hmm. first of all he identifies that there is a, a linebacker on this kid and I'm thinking okay this has Saquon Barkley written all over it Michigan Penn mm-hmm. State will go back you know you put a linebacker or Chris Graham uh, God forbid in 2006 <laughs> Michigan Ohio State uh, trying to cover one of uh, Ohio State's running backs. But, A, he identifies it. You see him look over there, and I'm thinking, you know where he's going with this ball, assuming mm-hmm. the safety's not in the play. And the strike that he threw, the catch, that he that was big boy football right there. And that's something mm-hmm. that, uh, you know, with all due respect to Kate McNamara, we haven't seen. It's, it's a different level.
0: Yeah, well, that's, you know, that was the one knock on Cade last year. We we said, when when's the deep ball connection going to develop? When's it going to develop? And I, it's a, it's an absolutely fair point, Ballas, that it looks like J.J.'s got a, a, a much faster dialed in point here on this deep ball than Cade did a year ago on last year's team. And so when you can do that, you now you make safety start wondering and they get a little nervous about any color getting behind them, uh, which they're not supposed to do anyway, unless they're on some other assignment. And so with him back there and that ability, it opens up that offense a little bit, makes the defense wonder a little bit more, which should, in theory, loosen things up for your running game. Uh, one of the things that uh, it was, the, I think it was the Roman Wilson touchdown, the first play of the game or the second play of the game there. Both Hawaii safeties are creeping up there within 10 yards of the line of scrimmage because they're looking at that running game coming out of there. And whoop, there he goes one-on-one on the seam right, right down the hash. And it's an easy touchdown. So, you know, again, when you have threats on both sides of your offense with running and passing, it just makes everything else easy.
1: Yeah. And he sells that fake extremely well. He actually sold the fake on that handoff and pulled it back. And I mean, he was open by 10 yards. You know, mm-hmm. That's the thing. So Roman Wilson, love that kid. The fact that he uh, did it against Hawaii, his home state, I think his grandmother actually lived in St. Ignace. He might've up north with Barry Pearson come country, but mm-hmm. uh, out in Hawaii, it was good to see him do that. I joked that, you know, he was getting them back for not recruiting him, but I'm, <laughs> (laughs) guessing i'm guessing hawaii probably did try to recruit him a little bit too so that was Um, exciting
0: you know that kid was having a lot of fun and it's you know i was you know they're showing shots of the michigan sideline on a tv copy there and and i you know it brought me back to the times when we played some teams that were not very good. And yeah. we had some blowouts. That's a lot of fun, right? You see those guys with the smiles on their faces, they've all worked their tails off going back to last January. And so they should be having fun ballast. And that's exactly what you want to see. And then a the kid who's, you know, playing a team from back home and he scores the first two touchdowns and he's running crazy and doing all that stuff. That was fun to see.
1: Were you on that team that beat Houston like seventy to seven when Tyrone Wheatley took the uh, kickoff back to open? Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. 60,
0: 63 to three was the final. That was okay. the game. That was the game that I got busted working on my golf swing on the sideline. And uh, <laughs> so that's Dick, where it all began. <laughs> Dick from Dick Vermeel and Brett Musburger had the Telestrator and were you know critiquing my hip turn and my shoulders no kidding, and really oh this happened this is wait on to li- find this. this was this was on live television uh true story Mark melia dr Mark melia yes. now. uh he and I had uh we, we got into golf and we were playing at that time a little handheld video game in golf and we were just were into golf and um it was sixty three to three and so we're you know waiting for the clock to run out and so I'm standing there talking to Melia and I was like you know I just, I got to work on getting my hips open more in my backswing. And I was, you know, I had my helmet down and I just practiced a golf swing. And what are the chances that live television just happened to be looking at me at that moment?
1: Well, in a 63 <laughs> to three game, right? <laughs> what else are they <laughs> going to be looking at? But that's classic. And uh, Hutch, our producer, Hutch, it's up to you to find that video for next time. We're going to put it on there and we're all going to yeah. critique.
0: Uh, it was like 1990. 1990- to 1991, 1992, uh, Michigan, Houston at Michigan. Yes, yeah, that was. Yeah. And I got in a lot of trouble for that, too, Ballas. I heard about that the next day from Coach Moeller.
1: And it's funny because years later, you had uh, <laughs> guys like Dennis Norfleet dancing to Atomic Dog, you know, waiting to return <laughs> punts. I got a, a text from one of your angry teammates or actually somebody who played before you saying, how in the hell are they letting that up? I'm like, hey, they're just having a little fun out there. He's like, this is everything yeah. that's wrong with this program. and why we're not winning football games. <laughs> So there's no funnel out here, but yeah. Uh,
0: well, when you're not when you're not winning, it's amazing yeah. how you're not allowed to do different. things. And and then when you're winning, okay, we can we can have some fun. So yes. you know, hey, well, at the time the culture was a little bit different. The 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 you know the the program was a little more strict in a lot of ways at the time. Blue Blazers. And Blue Blazers. Uh, yeah, shirt and tie and uh, stone cold faces uh, to and from the stadium. And so, you know, you and I have talked about that through the, through the lens of of uh, Aiden Hutchinson through my friend Chris Hutchinson last year, just the yes. differences and with the way things were 25, 30 years ago than the way they are now. And I get it. I totally get it. These kids are out there having fun, but they're working just as hard as we did. And uh, they, when they go have success, they should have fun. And I'd like to think that if I got caught in the sideline nowadays – Working on my backswing, then maybe the head coach would say, "Hey, yeah, you do need to turn your shoulders and hips right. a little bit better yeah. in that backswing to get that, you know, that get that get the club down in the slot, you know, yeah. so you can really square the face." You know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, I, I
1: do, and I, you've come a long <laughs> way. I wish I could say that it's helped my game, but you saw what happened the last time we played. So what a disaster! So you saw the blue blazer? Uh,
0: no, no, you know what? You you know say, what? Right? True story. <laughs> True what are story. Say? What? No, what are you going to say?
1: Fat guy. Oh, fat guy. <laughs> fat guy a little coat.
0: Fat guy a little coat. No. Fat guy, the fat guy in a yellow sweatshirt. Uh yeah, that yeah. was so no, I did hang on to that blazer for quite okay. a few years, and then finally my wife was like, What why are we keeping this? It's you know, it doesn't you don't ever wear it. You know, you know, it was just but it was the big Johnny Blue blazer, and so uh, you know, probably I mean, there's probably some Michigan guys that still have that thing hanging in their closet, but I yeah. did, I think I did give it to Goodwill or something.
1: Yeah, well, some guy in uh, somewhere is looking pretty sharp, Doug Schnee's <laughs> blue blazer. If he only knew uh, how valuable that thing really was, man, right? He'd be at the gold and silver pawn shop tomorrow, you know, it for, a, for something, you know, a sack of <laughs> 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 the show gets better and better, Hutch man. I owe you so many. I love this guy. <laughs> Hutch is actually a Penn State guy. I don't know if I'm supposed to say that or not. So. It was
0: Hutch that was in the front row barking at me saying I was a fat guy on a yellow shirt there at that Penn State game a few years ago. It was him. Oh, Hutch, it was you. Yeah, now yeah. I know. I'm coming for you.
1: I'm talking about a different Hutch, our producer here. So. I, know. Yeah, I know. I know. Okay. I know who you're oh, talking gotcha. about. <laughs> okay, I got gotcha. you. So, hey, speaking of Hutch, Aiden Hutchinson today, uh, the Lions lost 38-35. I know that'll stun you. He had a good start. He got some pressures, but going up against these tackles and, and Philly's got one <laughs> hell of an offensive line. Uh, yeah. You know what? He, he got handled at times, but I guess yeah. that's to be expected. You know what? Uh, he's yep. going to have to get stronger still. This kid's already strong, but he kind of looks like a linebacker out there, you know, Doesn't not yet not, not, not deep. So, yeah. so what do you do? Do you, do you ask him to put on a bunch of weight or what do you do?
0: No, you just yeah. gonna keep, you keep on, you keep him on the path. He's on, he's going to fill out a little bit more. He's going to learn the tiny little differences of where to have success at the NFL level. Uh, your vanilla bull rush and your vanilla, you know, drop the shoulder around the corner don't work every time against NFL tackles. And and Aiden is learning that now. Uh, if For anybody that watched the game today, I watched a good chunk of it. And I was watching him and just getting blocked and getting blocked and passing down. And I'm like, yeah. uh. Here's a newsflash. Offensive tackles in the NFL are really freaking good. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah
1: that's why they gonna, get paid the big bucks. That's right?
0: why they get paid yes. 10, 15 million bucks a year. Yes. And so uh, you're not just going to fool them and take advantage of any tiny little deal. But the one thing that hasn't changed and watching Hutch play, Man, that kid works his ass off. He, he is all over the place. And that's why, in time, he's going to be very successful. He was gassed, and you could tell it at times. Yeah. But
1: he was going sideline to sideline, and there he is in the play. You, yep. you know, the other other fat guys are back there loafing, and he is there <laughs> to the ball. That is the kind of guy that helps change the culture of a franchise, and mm-hmm. they'll get better. Uh, there's no mm-hmm. question in my mind that he will help them get better. You know, it's the Lions. So, you know, with all due respect to the Hudson, they need some help,
0: Ballas. You know, I just, so today, it, it, this was the first. Lions game that I probably really sat and watched in it. I would say ten years. Yeah, and I'm looking at this team and I'm going, yeah, okay, yeah, I can see why Lions fans feel the pain here because they you know they they need some more players. Mm-hmm. But the one thing that I would say about that team, um, where they do need some other playmakers on both sides of the ball, obviously, they play hard. Yeah, I think I think they really like this coach Agreed. and they and they play hard and that will count for something.
1: Yep. Let's talk real quick about the Michigan defense here. we got a few minutes left, so uh, you can't really glean a whole lot. And I know that Jim Harbaugh talked about building the wall in the running game. Uh, you know what? They could have thrown a, you know five pylons out there, as Anthony Broom, our, our staff writer, likes to say. And uh, the linebackers could have cleaned up against these guys. But again, they look like they like playing together. They, they like getting to the ball. They hustle to the ball. Much like the Lions that you were just talking about, this group plays really hard together and, and plays pretty well.
0: Oh, I agreed. Um, again, let's put a little, you know, little note here. It, it's against Colorado State and Hawaii, but this defense looks like they're absolutely having their way, executing what they want to execute. Mozzie Smith is causing all kinds of problems in the interior of opposing offensive lines. Uh, the young player Graham in there, I watched him in a few sacks. That kid don't he don't or not sacks, but tackles. The efforts off the charts, and again, the rotation of this defensive line playing together. There's no one pointing any fingers. Of course, why would you when you're up 50 to, you know, three or whatever it is? Um, So in the early on here, this defense is off to the kind of start you wanted to have them start off with. Uh, I think this may be one of the benefits of Michigan starting off, helping this defense starting off with this caliber of opponents. Of course, we'd like to see it ramp up, but the Michigan defense is going to get into these more challenging opponents with all kinds of confidence, and I think that's a good thing. Um, because there's some question marks on that team, but I love the rotation, the way this this defensive scheme, right? Last year with McDonald and and now with the new the new coordinator, but it's the same exact defense. You're rotating guys in there, all kinds of guys playing. Everybody's got a part in this thing. There's no one standing around going, "Well, I'm just a backup. I'm not going to play." It's part of the it's part of the benefit of having all these different packages on and off the field. These guys are out there having fun and enjoying it. And that's going to pay dividends here in a few weeks when we get out down to Iowa, I think.
1: Yeah. And look at the, if you look at the stats that Hutch just put up, it's a bunch of guys with four, three, two, one, one tackles. Uh, he talked to Harbaugh talked about Mike still. He said a kid was an animal out there. He was all over the place and you could sense it. And he had one tackle, you know, what? Yeah. tackles don't always tell the story of a defense. And so yeah. uh, you had a bunch of guys in there again, around the ball, uh, playing extremely well together. And a lot of guys got to play and there were some people pissed off that had bet on the 52. A. I, I said, on, on Jamie Morris's show last week, I said, you don't t- touch a 52-point spread because you don't know what's <laughs> going to happen in the second half. And I, by the way, congratulations on your second-place finishing staff picks this week. Second place.
0: Second. Wait a minute. Who got yes, first?
1: I who did. Got first. Fifty six to ten. So oh, nice try. On. <laughs> but hey, it was almost two in a row. You know you. what?
0: I think I think you're looking at my picks now. Going all right. I'm gonna I'm gonna play the prices right game here and just go a little <laughs> bit higher. <laughs>
1: well, we change one dollar more. If so. if it looks like you're gonna win, we just go back in and change them. We have that ability. <laughs> so, but no. Um, but you know what? here's the thing you don't touch a spread like that because you knew that Jim Harbaugh was going to let a bunch of guys play and they should. this is one of those games these next two games are when all of these guys are going to have an opportunity the guys that are on the practice squad and you guys love seeing that didn't you back in the day your, your teammates it. that never get to yep. play
0: everybody wants to get in the game because then you get uh you get into the film and you get a grade sheet and then everybody's got something to talk about uh, when you get together as a team and you watch the uh you watch the you know the film together, and it's just a lot of fun. So uh, those are good times. And I, again, I talked about it earlier when you said whole Michigan sideline having fun, smiling, and it's a big blowout game. It's a Saturday night. Boy, those are those are great times. I'm happy yeah. to see the guys get to do those things.
1: Yep. Somebody asked about Eric All the injuries. Eric All was on a bike. I saw him on the sideline riding. I think if he was. Uh, seriously injured i don't think he'd have been on down there riding that bike maybe he yeah. had some tests today donovan edwards somebody who was down there on the sideline, said that donovan edwards was walking around looked okay uh they were supposed to have some tests done this morning as a precaution but we can't definitively say that he's okay but he has a lower leg injury or, or boo-boo or whatever you want to call it like Brady Hoke used to call it so we think he's going to be okay uh don't uh don't hold us to it but uh hopefully it's nothing serious that kid is going to be pretty special I still don't really know what his best role is he doesn't seem like a uh an elite between the tackles runner yet but he is one of those Marshall Falk type running backs that you have to get the ball in his hands and and can be an outstanding receiver too Skeen.
0: uh well there's no question and, and I don't know that he has to be sectioned into just one part of a football game. I think that's the strength of him right now is that you put him out on the edge and you, you watch for a matchup mismatch and you throw the ball to him 50 yards downfield. He makes an acrobatic catch, lands on his head, and hangs on to the football. Or, as we saw in week one, you do pile him up there in between the tackles and he drags the linebacker five yards and then everything in between. I think that uh, the sky's the limit for this young man. And When you combine him with Corum, uh, that's a dynamic backfield. And as an, as an offensive lineman, I would love, I would love to have, you know, two guys back there that do that kind of stuff. And, you know, you just kind of know when, uh, you know, one of those guys is in the huddle and he steps in there and, the, and a certain plays are called, you know, what they you know, you got to get a feel for what he's going to do and what he's not going to do. And it's fun to have those options.
1: We've got a bunch of viewers that are waiting, just dying for us to mention Nebraska. So let's hold on one second. Take a moment of silence. Bow your head for one second. <laughs> moment of silence for Scott Frost <laughs> and for Notre Dame. Okay, we're good. So, Notre Dame's,
0: yeah, Notre Dame and Scott Frost. Yeah, well, it's a yeah. two.
1: Yeah. Okay. Now, uh, what is? Uh, you know what? Here's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know the history behind my history with Scott Frost's mother. She sent us a scanning letter after staff picks, and we'll get to that maybe on, before the Nebraska game. We'll tell everybody uh, th- what the story is there. But uh, Scott Frost, somebody asked if he was going to go into the Alabama rehab program for coaches. You know, <laughs> is Nick Saban going to rescue him and, you know, make him the associate special teams coach or something like that? But
0: And then he'll be the, and then he'll be the head coach of somewhere else a year from now?
1: Exactly. Yeah. And, uh, and that was a great game, by the way, Alabama against uh, Sarkis. And uh, <laughs> best. oh, skiing, yeah. Um, you gotta love it. Uh, however, uh, Nebraska, you know what, looking for a coach, and that's a program, man, that just really has not gotten its mojo back. And it's tough, two things, tough. right? You're following a legend Solich wasn't good enough for them with his nine yep. and three records, neither yep. was Bo Pellini. You know what? So, yep. where do you go now? Oh, Matt Campbell or something like that? It's gotta be tough to recruit there, right? Not, nothing uh, against well, it. you know, it, here's it what down. I sound.
0: Do you think Nebraska joining the Big Ten was a good thing for Nebraska at this point?
1: Academically,
0: I, I, academically, <laughs> yes. sure, yeah, yeah. No, sure. For the football program, no, no I don't think so. No. I, I don't. It's Nebraska feels like kind of like Arkansas football. Yeah, they're kind of out there in a, in a state that's difficult to attract kids to. Um, you know, when they were in their heyday, they had most of their starters. You know, a lot of them were from Texas. And, and coach Osborne used to go down there in Texas and grab all kinds of talent and bring it up there. And they used to, you know, they had the big game against Oklahoma. And so it's just a, I think it's a tough place to get going again. And everybody thought, I thought Scott Frost would do a good job there. So did I. Um, but obviously he didn't, which means there must be some pretty big challenges there. And, and, and so it's, uh, you know, my, my old grudge against Scott Frost, although I never played against him, you know, that 97 team and, and uh, you know, the, the way that thing went down i haven't forgotten about that so yeah. and I'll tell you who Hannah.
1: I'll tell you who really hasn't is John Jansen. We will get him on this podcast, by the way. He said, already agreed that he's going to come on here. And we'll oh, talk I'd love about to have you, yeah, Jansen. I can't of wait to hear those stories. So, of course.
0: Yeah. Jansen's yeah. got a more, far more uh, bigger axe to grind than me. As the captain uh,
1: of that 97 national yes. championship team that had to split it with Scott yeah. Frost because of the crying. So uh, somebody yeah. did put on there, you know, who wants to live in Lincoln for three or four years? I like Lincoln. I love Lincoln. I look like Omaha. I've uh, been there a few times and uh, good people. When you went there for a game, they were, so, even when they lost, they said, Hey, man, I hope you guys had a good time. And yeah. could you even imagine? Of course, now they used to do that at Penn State too until they lost like the eighth or ninth time in a row. And then you were like <laughs> looking to get out of there without getting your car keyed or. Penn, you know. State,
0: uh, Penn State's still a pretty good road trip, I think. I don't for know. Any it fans I've talked to that have gone yeah. out there, they say it's a pretty good road trip. Yeah, you trip, have to say bro. that
1: because Todd Ruchi's your buddy. That's the only reason, <laughs> reason I say that. So, all right, I think we've talked enough here today. So, he's Doug Skeen. Uh, hopefully, we'll have a little bit more offensive line stuff to break down in the uh, next next. next segment, and that's against UConn. They're no good either. So maybe Maryland, you know what, at least Maryland has some athletes, but these guys got to get better. Skiing flat out, I was disappointed. Uh, You know what, you can say everything you want to. Well, it's just this, just that. These are mistakes that you can't make against bad opponents.
0: No, you cannot. And uh, I remember, gosh, it was... I remember what year it was. We played Wake Forest in one of these September games in the in the late '80s, early '90s, and we yeah. beat them handily. But boy, after we watched the film, it felt like we lost. I mean, we were told how terrible we were and how we're not we're not going to win the Big Ten. And and if you don't get going, you you know we're going to get our butts kicked by Michigan State and Ohio State. And and I'm guessing to some degree. Uh, Coach Harbaugh and his staff are probably echoing some of that sentiment here uh, starting today going into this week. You're never you, you've, you have not arrived in September and um, there's no September national championships, although I think some Michigan fans think that there are there is such a thing as September national champions. There isn't just like there's no September Heisman. So, again, the schedule stinks. These opponents stink. So we should roll them, and we should roll them cleanly, and then you and I can just talk about old stuff because there's nothing to criticize about these current performances, and that wouldn't that be fun?
1: including your golf swing on the sidelines, which is fantastic. <laughs> I'm going to go back now and look. I've got my VHS tapes. I don't think I have a v- VCR, but there's got to be some way with a
0: fly. I have I have the VCR tape. I have really? the tape in this. Yes, I have if you that. Put, if you
1: pop it in, the thing's going to fall apart, and moths are going to fly out.
0: That's so probably I the know. problem, yes, Yeah. I, I don't have a VCR player, but I do right. have the tape, yeah. That's fantastic.
1: Well, we're going to bring that up, and Hutch is going to work on that. But, folks, thank you so much. Please like our podcast. Let's get to 500 likes. Uh, I don't know what that does. If you know what, you get a, a free – like a participation trophy, or or if I get a bonus. But if so, <laughs> that's even better. So uh, that gives you all the more incentive to like that thing and ski.ing Appreciate your time as always. We'll do it again next week.
0: All right, go blue.